Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads web hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads web hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. Welcome to episode 447, Aussie Tech Heads. I'm back. Yes, I, I missed you last week. What happened? I don't know. But uh, I left you in, in the hands of the ever-faithful two greatest podcasters in the world. So thanks, guys, for standing in last week and uh, doing the show without us. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We're brought to you every week by athwebhosting.com.au, where you can go to, a, go to that site and find some nice little website hosting, register your domain, and do all the, all the tricky stuff that all the little web dudes get into and start learning WordPress and all that sort of stuff. And this week, a special shout-out to Jeremy and all the guys at the Velvet Systems Management IT Company. So they're in Brizzy. Now, if you have a business network and you're getting snowed under with the management of it and you're finding it hard, it's a chore, or you, you might have left your, let your IT guy go, give these guys a call. They manage your business network servers. Uh, they also do printer hire and AV hire. Uh, located in Brisbane, but have customers all around the world. Uh, go to their website, velvetsystems.com.au, and uh, yeah, tell them that Aussie Tech Head sent you. They like that. Cool, good stuff. All right, what have we been up to? Let's introduce who we've got on the show tonight, and one of the greatest podcasters in the world, Will. Hey, Will, how you doing? Hey, mate. Also the best streamer in the world. You are. We're, we're, you are streaming <laughs> with us tonight. Well, you're yep. streaming for us tonight. So uh, if you still got your free phone. Yep. <laughs> oh, I can just imagine your uh, bill. You're going to get that. You're going to get it. $25,000 bill or something. <laughs> yeah, and you will be crying in your little... And he just goes on a current affair and says, boo-hoo. And they go, yeah, oh, they shafted me. Away. There's no possible way I could use 100 gig in, in a month on a phone. 100 gig in one night. <laughs> <laughs> Uploading. <laughs> Must be something wrong. All That's right. It, exactly. And the other greatest podcaster in the world, Jace. How are you going? Hey, how is it, Glenn? Not too bad, thanks. Now, uh, give us a rundown on what you've been up to and what's going on. Have we got an old fart geek coming out soon? Obsidian Loft coming out soon? We should have uh, farts coming out sometime in the next few days. <laughs> and a podcast to follow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, as long as that's the only thing that follows, we'll, we'll all be happy. <laughs> oh. I got a pockies, head out. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. So how's the new job going, Jace? Liking it? Great. Yeah, yeah. loving it there. Got you all into the more technical side of servers. Today I spent most of the day configuring What's Up Gold. You probably know about that one. Never heard of it. What? I've heard of What's Up Doc. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> What's Up Gold monitors your servers with pings and connects to the DNS service and whatever you're running on there and sends alerts when things are going down. Right, and who's, who's the poor person that's got the, the it receives the alerts? You. Oh, oh, Mr. Carter, Mr. Carter. <laughs> uh, and uh, do they come to your phone? Is that how that works? 
like SMSs? No, they go to my uh, mailbox plus the alert mailbox that we've got set up. But uh, oh. I just I have it set up so that if there's something down for five minutes, it goes to the special alerts mailbox. If uh, it's 20 minutes, it goes to me as well, just to make sure somebody's on top of it. Mm. We're just testing it out and fine-tuning it at the moment before we go full hard with it. But we've had it there for a while, and it's about time somebody took charge of it. So that's me. Mm. Good work. Good stuff. Now, look, uh, just to... Um just uh, get into some emails. Got a couple for the week, but uh, this one in particular I thought we'd pull out. It's from Darren. He's currently, he's got a question. So we do questions every now and then. We don't do answers, but we do questions. Yeah, we do questions. We'll read them out. <laughs> no guarantee of an answer. He, he, uh, so I'll read it as he's written it. Save me changing eyes for him and all that sort of stuff. I was currently back my world. Well, I might have to correct the grammar a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I currently back. Oh, no, that's right. I read it wrong. Sorry. I currently back my work NAS drive up simply over an external hard drive. It's running about 200 gig of data, and I want to use an automated cloud system that I can set and forget. But every time I look into the backups, I get overwhelmed by what's available and resort back to the hard drive. Well, we're going to tell you what to do. Amazon. That is a, 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 not a bad thing. but the Okay, on to the next question. <laughs> is there, so pretty much he just goes on. Uh, worried about physical backups, yes, uh, aren't we all? What would you guys recommend? I'm on cable as well. So he gets 91 down, two and a half up. Beautiful. Uh, okay, so Amazon, let's, let's hear more about Amazon. What about the, the client software? Is there client software to help you get onto the Amazon cloud for automated backups? That's right, yep. And then uh, I think you just pay... Uh, very little while it's there, and you just pay when you need to get it back, download it back again. That's yes. when it costs you a bit. So, so where what have you got in your little brain any software that you could use to do that? Uh, I expect Amazon would have the software once you've signed up. You would download it, install it in your computer, and then set what folders you want to back up to their cloud, and then that's it. Mm. I don't. I don't know if Amazon does that. They could possibly could do, but look, I've three. Yes, and I think there's. Uh, Look, it, it might be a bit too much, that one, for, for Darren. Because, uh, look, I, I've, I've got a bucket with Amazon S3. There's, you've got to know if you want... If you go to uh, the Glacier storage, it can take three hours to retrieve stuff. Um, and it is three, it's about three cents per gig if you want an instant retrieval, or it's one cent on the Glacier. But, uh, look, that might be a little bit too complex. Look, my recommendation uh, would be uh, Crash Plan, which is good. Yeah, and I think Will, you you got Backblaze or something? What are you using? Um, at the moment, absolutely nothing because it doesn't seem to matter what backup software I put on my computer, it crashes. <laughs> Your computer um, crashes. But I was using. Doing we were using Backblaze for ages, and then uh, I got Crash Plan through a bulk discount through work because we use it at work. So I got a, mm. an add-on <laughs> using that. So I thought oh, I'll use Crash Plan. But uh, so I was using that for not a problem for ages, and then all of a sudden now it doesn't matter what software I put on my computer. Like <laughs> it seems to be a problem because I've got the rated hard drives for my video editing. Right. Uh, it turns out backup software because it looks at the drive from a physical, like it physically sees two drives. Right. So when it tries to grab the data off the drive, it only tries to grab the data off one of the rated drives. Why don't so, Why don't you build yourself a little server computer? Put all your data on that, and then use your little RAID thing just in your your editing PC. Oh, I've got the NAS. I've got the NAS. Yeah, but yeah. like simplify will. But what I'm saying is, like I have, I've got the NAS. The NAS backs up. But what I'm saying is, it's just something that's really obscure that I'm trying to figure out why, because it's just you know one of those things I'd like to know why it's doing. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think there's something to watch out there because of that reason. Whether no matter what backup software you're using, because I've tried. 
crash plan. I've tried back blades. I've tried a couple of others, and they all seem to do the thing, same thing. Once they hit those raid drives, they um, they just lock up. It's mm. really weird. So just something to be wary of there. But yeah, crash plan for me worked better than back blades. Back blades was good. It was cheaper. Um, the biggest problem with back blades is the recovery side of it is tedious. Um, and if you if you decommission the computer officially, you go to the so- go to the software from the computer, decommission it that way. It's fine. If your computer crashes and you have to do a reinstall to do, you can't simply take the backup file from this computer and assign it to a new computer, even though effectively it's exactly the same. All you change is say the Windows directory, right? Um, but your D drive might be the same, for example. Yep. you can't just do that. You've got to actually delete the entire backup and right. re-backup. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the crash plan gets around that. It's smart enough yeah. to know, yeah, if you've got a, uh, the same data, that if mm. you've changed machines, you've got the same data, then it checks up there and says, oh, yep, same, 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 same. Yeah, that's so, right. So they don't go through the three months of upload again. No, exactly. That's, that's what I was going to say. Crash plan, from that respect, is much better. Now, another one just before the show, uh, Shane texted me because he knew we were going to talk about this. You don't remember Shane? Yeah, the, that other guy yep. that's on sometimes. The, the very casual part-timer. <laughs> he's uh, very casual. But he might be back next week. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see how he goes. He's, um, of course, he's in Perth, you know. He's got the time difference and he's, he's slogging it out. At, well, what the big... I would have just stopped it because he's in Perth. Yeah, okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> enough said, really. <laughs> yeah, so he's, uh, he's gone in. He quite likes iDrive.com. Uh, like, I'm just quickly looking at the prices here. you got a 5 gig. Uh, which is free, a personal one terabyte per year, $44.62. Like .com, just quickly, .com would suggest it's American, so maybe that's US dollars. So you want to check that out. I think Crash Plan's about the same. It might be at 7 bucks Australian a month. But uh, look, Crash... Yeah, I think if you get a multi-plan like we have, it's actually cheaper. Mm. I think we've got five computers, or two work computers, two at home, and my in-law's computer. I think it's... 20 bucks a month for the five of them, something right. like that. Right. Yeah, so like the way I, like you can only back up, say, with the personal plan, you can only back up one PC uh, with the plan. But uh, what I did was uh, I just created another box. That's my server, which uh, it's just a Windows 8 box. And then that's the back box that backs up. So it can have six terabytes in it. But, but not that I back up all that much anyway. But uh, yeah, look, for me, Crash Plan, you tick the boxes like Jace was saying uh, with the uh, Amazon, you tick the boxes with what you want backed up. Uh, Bob's your uncle. Way it goes. And then you can even, if you're at a th- at a different location or whatever, you want to restore it. You can web log into the website of things into Crash Plan. Uh, tick the boxes with what you want to download. It'll download to your local computer. Snap easy. I like it. I love it. Cool. I hope that answers everyone's question, Darren. I only have a little bit of stuff to back up. So mine's around Dropbox and Google Drive. Yes, and, good. Uh, one OneDrive. Yeah, well, mm. what's um, Google Drive? I've got like 25 gigs of free yeah. space on OneDrive, so I never fill that up. No, well, I think it's 25 gig on the Google Drive as well. Yeah. Yeah, so mm. there's 50. But uh, if you've got more than that, like I, I put photos and home movies and all that sort of stuff up there. That's what probably pretty much takes the bulk of my little terabyte. Well, most of mine probably goes up automatically. All my videos, photos and stuff off my phone go straight up to Google Drive anyway. Yeah, one of the guys I work with does that, but my problem is I'll take like a photo of 
the serial number on the back yes. of the server at work <laughs> yes. or I take a photo of this so I can <laughs> yes. remember it. And it's like, we've uploaded this to your photo stream. Now everyone can see. It's like, I don't think they really care about looking at that. No, well, I mean, mine's <laughs> Or my daughter private. takes 50 photos of herself with crazy faces <laughs> in front of the phone. <laughs> my drive's had to private, so no one else can see it, but, but they go up there I still there don't want to back it up. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. The only main reason I, I never used to, and the reason I turned mine on was because... I started doing HDR photos, and yeah. a, a HDR photo can be in a raw format. Can be five gig, three or you know four or five gig for one photo. Yeah. So I mostly these days just take a photo, stick it on Facebook or Instagram, go. That's it. I, yeah, I don't I need to keep it backed up because that's where I wanted it to be, and people can see it. Well, I never yeah, exactly. Print I mean, that's them if, or look at them I've got a ton of them on um, Google Photos, <laughs> which used to be Picasa. There's a ton of them there, but I never go back again. So. Yeah. Actually, my old Picasso album uploaded itself the other day when I logged into some my one of my old phones. I I logged into an older Google account, and <laughs> then suddenly, like, there was all these photos. I'm like, where'd they come from? Oh, they're on <laughs> this you, old account that I didn't think I ever used was full of photos. Have you tried yeah. the uh, that Google Photos? The new That's thing. That's it. Picasso is Google Photos now. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yep, they well, they just it. recently renamed it. Yeah, they recently renamed it about a year and a half. A year ago. and a half ago. <laughs> no, no, no. There's another one. Google Fi- where you, at, face, at tags and everything. <laughs> yeah, same place. Oh. It used to be Picasso, thing. now they call it Google Photos. Oh. Uh, so how does that work for you? All right. Good. Yeah, because yeah, I, I uploaded much. a couple of photos and it started auto tagging and I did, and then uh, and notifying people and I thought, well, I don't want people notified. Of photos I've put up, even if it is of them. That's the one that they got in trouble for a couple of weeks ago because African Americans were uploading in it and marked them as gorillas. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yes. But yeah, but I just didn't want, like, because then people ring you up and say, What are you posting photos of me on the internet for? Like, well, I'm not. It's just on my web album. But does it go public? I don't know. It goes on their Google profile, the G Plus profile, if if they get automatically tagged. I yeah. don't know. So I, I sort of didn't like that part. So I haven't done I don't it. Want, I want to see what the problem is because I really like the gorillas. That's a great band, right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, but the other thing that with the uploading of photos to Dropbox, when I first got my iPhone, I did that, clicked it on, you know, oh, yeah, woo, never lose a photo again. But then it just gets so messy, doesn't it? You go, yeah, well, it's too much crap there. Yeah, and you I've, have to spend time going through it all. It's like, mm, uh, too much trouble. That's, yeah, it is because you've got photos up in Dropbox. Then you go to take the fi- photos off your phone and you go, well, is all the stuff on the phone the same as in Dropbox? What happens if I've missed a good photo? Jeez, yep. one, one of the 2,000 you take a year. All right. Yep. Okay. Before we go any further, too, I have to apologize to the stream because I'm streaming tonight and I'm getting a feed from Skype. Because Glenn's computer is useless and can't handle Skype, about every minute or so it drops for about 10 seconds. So it's not my stream, it's actually Glenn's computer. We well, just wait we just, until we hear something again from yeah. him after about 10 <laughs> We're so seconds. used to it now, we kind of adapt. So if, you, if you're wondering why it's cutting in out, that's what, it, what it's doing. Glenn, the only, the only time Skype it's really it. bad for us is like Glenn will talk about something. He's like, so what do you guys use? And then he's like, hello, is anyone going to answer me? You're like, sorry, we didn't get the last 10 seconds. Well, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know why. Every other show we do, we never have it, no matter how many people on it. It's just when yeah, you're on just, the show. It's something with Glenn, I don't know. His but I've reformatted my machine. It's special. I've reformatted <laughs> the machine. It's it's a cl- it's clean. It's only three weeks old. It's it's just the it's just the the um all the all the bugs and tags that the uh, the internet police have on you on your connection. It could be. Well, I'm on cable. You guys That's are it. on There's ADSL. Well, I'm on cable. 
He's on cable. You're on Optus. Oh, well, actually, I'm, I'm on technical on 4G, but I'm on cable. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's get in the sunny that's going to um, break a lot of people's hearts. Uh, not, not I that. got one of them. <laughs> if it's the same one as I've got, then it's very sad. I don't know. We'll try. We'll try this one. I've got. This, I've got two stories. Pretend, two stories tonight, and probably Jason. Are you just going to depress our listeners? Good on you. <laughs> We're going to depress right now. Jerry Harvey may finally get his way. That's oh, right. that's depressing. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. not the one I had. So Australia, I think I know the one you got. I might have that one as well. But anyway, Australia's state and federal leaders have agreed to, in principle. To expand the goods and services tax to include goods valued under $1,000 purchased online. Is that the 15% one or the 10% one? No, that's just expanding the goods and services to products under $1,000 bought online. Which might go up to 15%. It could well do, that's right. So in that case, yes. Uh, such an approach was feasible, but pro- progress has been held back because states and territory governments have not been able to agree on approach on the issue. <laughs> oh, look, I've got a little photo. There you go. Uh, it's... Um, yeah, so I don't know. They're going to reduce the limit to 20 bucks. We're not going to be competitive. We want to keep our profit margins extremely high. So to stop you buying it from other places so you can afford it, when we put the price up on absolutely everything to ridiculous levels just because of Jerry Harvey, we're going to also tax you on things that you get from overseas so that you have to go to. I don't think it's going to make people go, well, if I can't get it for the price I want, I'm going to go to Harvey Norman. They'll still mm. get it from overseas if it's going to be around the same price. Look, I think, and don't forget, we've also got the, uh, look, for, for smaller objects, I suppose, uh, you've got these, uh, these places like Australia Post have got the address in America. And like, yep. you can still buy GST free and get it freighted over. So if you bought something that's a thousand bucks, the GST is going to be a hundred bucks. You could probably get it sent to a Australia Post in the US and their little depot over there. Probably get it sent over sixty. So it's still going to save forty. People make a ton of money starting up businesses in America to you know buy six pairs of jeans and send it to people in Australia. Things mm, like I'll that. I'll tell you a really good place to go that does something very similar. Um, I'm just trying to find it now. I've I have used them a couple of times to bring things in, especially from the States. There's a place Pudgy called uh, <laughs> AO3, so not A0, but AO3, the, the, the letter O, .com.au. What they are is they're an independent, um, independent contractor, effectively. So what you do is you say, hey, I want you know, a thousand of these, and you just randomly, like, I'll see if I'll show my screen quickly here. Um, and you can see here, let's zoom in a little bit. So you can go down, you can select, there's so much stuff, like literally there's thousands and thousands, there's nearly a million products in their, in their system. Um, but the thing I got cheaply, I'll show you, let's go to Pile, LMNOP. Mostly tech stuff, is it? No, not, well, there's a lot of tech stuff, but not, not entirely, it's not all tech. Um, so let's search for Pile. Oops, P Y L E. It's very difficult to spell. Um, and then what file. it does is it'll bring up a list of, of stuff that they have. And um, subwoofer, here we go. I don't know if I can find mine. But I got a sub from them, which I could only get from the States because they only make them in the States and nobody imports them over to here. Um, I can't see it off the top of my head. So let's just pick one of these. So I want some of these. Okay, they're $232 Australian, including GST. So that's my landed price. That's all right. Um, so these ones, if yeah. I was to buy on eBay, would be three hundred bucks because somebody else has already bought them and then bought them in and, and stuff like that. But because these guys are actually buying them directly from the manufacturer, um, they order it from the states. Their company is based in the states, and then their parent company ships it 
to their warehouse here, then it gets well, it gets drop shipped straight to you from from the warehouse. So um, they've got au.com.co.uk, all that sort of stuff. So it's a really good way of getting stuff from overseas um, at a far reduced price mm. because you're basically paying, whilst you are paying GST, um, you're think, not really. I think there's other countries around the world anyway that are that say at the checkout, like on eBay, that they will charge. I think doesn't England do that? They add the VAT on at the eBay checkout. Yeah, like, but this seems for a lot of stuff. I've I've done a fair bit of comparison, and I don't know why. I think it's because these guys get it directly from the source, so directly from <laughs> HP or directly from. You know wherever they're getting it from, mm. um, they get a good buy price to start with. They add the most minuscule of margin on it, and then they ship it. And generally, their stuff is still cheaper. Like these Cisco IP phones, we actually got these for work. I got them from here, three hundred and five dollars, including each. Mm. The cheapest I could find these anywhere in Australia was six fifty. The cheapest I could find them on eBay was four fifty. Wow, but what, but aren't you worried about the warranties and all that sort of stuff? What happens if no, they... because they're legitimately purchased from. That company, right? All the warranties are carried over. Um, they've been doing this since 1996. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's it's just what they do is is absolutely fascinating. Um, well, the be- more I sort of use them, the more I, I want to use them to to an extent. We well, better give us that web page address then, Will. A O three. So I don't know why it's a weird name. It's the letter A, the letters O, and the number three. Dot com. Be in the show notes. It's um it's really obscure no, name won't. for some reason, but. <laughs> Will doesn't have show notes. Will's you got do. brain notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so, why, why? Yeah, they're not they're not sponsoring anything. But I've had I bought half a dozen things off them, and yeah, I found it just to be it works. Cool. All right, uh, Jace. What what have, what's tickled your little fancy this week? My sad story. Yeah, why not? We'll we'll, we'll start <laughs> sad and hopefully uh, happy up. <laughs> you probably know what it is. Digital downloads and the rapid growth of online retail have sounded the death knell for the ABC's national network of stores, pushing fans of Peppa Pig figurines and Doctor Who aprons online. No. Managing director Mark Scott said the bedrock of the ABC stores, book, CD and DVD retailing had changed fundamentally and the 35-year-old chain could not trade profitably into the future. He said the ABC is not prepared to take money out of its broadcasting operation to fund an unprofitable retail venture. Mm. Up to 300 staff members will lose their jobs as the shutters come down on the network of 50 stores and 78 ABC centres within other retail outlets around Australia. It follows $254 million in funding cuts to the ABC budget, <coughs> government, which has already resulted in the loss of more than 400 jobs of the broadcaster. The stores will close gradually depending on the lease terms, but Mr Scott said the ABC shops will most likely trade through Father's Day and even Christmas. In an interview with the ABC's AM program, he said the decision stopped what would be inevitable losses in the years to come. We're not going to take any money from broadcasting to prop up these stores. The ABC will instead focus on online sales of its books, DVDs, music and merchandising through the ABC shop Mm. online. They said they're going to try and do some deals with some other companies that have retail outlets and put ABC stuff in them. So Yeah, like McDonald's put their little Maccas in the servos sort of thing. Yeah, they could mm. um, sell ABC stuff at McDonald's, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah look, look, I mean, well, look, have you been to Audi? They're loaded with Peppa Pig stuff. So it's, you know. Why is everyone obsessed with Peppa Pig? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I went and bought a kilo of dice bacon the other day and put it in front of my nephew and said, here you go, it's a Peppa jigsaw Pig. puzzle, put it back together. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, look, it's no good, like, ABCs, but that's the way of the world, isn't it? Like, 
Look, the main uh, the main problem I see with with prices of goods in Australia is just the rents that these shops have to pay. But yep. see, it's such a complex machine, isn't it? Like because if if they don't pay so so much in rent, then that the owners then it just carries on to the the stocks and then the share prices and all this sort of stuff. It's just a very complex thing. But I know rents are just so extraordinarily high, and yep. I think that that's half the half the problem. But what do you do about it? The other half is the government defunding the ABC. So. Yeah, but you're not you're not going to um, like there's 50 stores, so I don't think you're going to just you're not you're not going to just throw good money after bad, are you? If they're not profitable, like you got to sort of. Well, we're not now because they're not getting the money for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that well that means they're not profitable anyway. If it was if it was a handout, so no. you got to make something otherwise well the abc you can give nine billion dollars to a profitable mining company but you can't give a little bit to the abc i can see where you're going <laughs> yeah but look the abc nobody gets handouts except for mining no well the abc well the abc shops don't have any potential to to make the money i suppose the mining companies have jobs and all that sort of stuff but anyway let's get off that <laughs> now how what about now my other sad story I thought this you is got what... another one. I thought that was the other one of yours. <laughs> no, I thought this is where... It worse. <laughs> I thought this is where you were going, actually. And Welcome I... to this week in depression. Yeah, now this is a story that's hit mainstream, so probably everyone's heard about this. But the cheating website. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so Ashley Madison. Ashley Madison, yeah. that's right. I thought that wow. might have been wow. sad for some listeners. That's hilarious. That's not sad, <laughs> unless you remember. In which case, sucked in. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's right. It's like, it's not me. Well, hang on. <laughs> yeah, so look, if you haven't heard, hackers have... Now, this Ashley Madison website, it's uh, it's if you want to have a fling, an affair. I see them advertise on TV all the time now. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. not right, eh? After midnight. That's not right. Not even that late. I've got... Um, I just got TV shows that I record on the TiVo and I'm watching it. It's just an evening show and it's got Ashley Madison ads. Yeah, okay. Right. Yeah, maybe advertise yourself as, you know... Come here for a good time, but uh, spend the money on security instead of TV ads. <laughs> isn't this isn't this adultery, adulterous yeah. behaviour? Yeah, but that's not illegal, but it's no. uh, immoral. Okay, now, but anyway, sanctity of marriage only being gay does that. Now, uh, the yeah. hackers have got into this website, and there's apparently 37 million records in yep. there. Uh, the hackers call themselves the Impact Team. I think they've had an impact. <laughs> they've leaked snippets of compromised data online and warned they would release customers' real names, profiles, nude photos. Why are there nude photos up there? To get a, to get a gig. Because it's a dating site. Are you, you, you know, like, have you used the internet at all in the last 10 years? Not for, date, not, not for dating. What, so if you're, if you're out there... Red Hot Pie is like that. If you're out there looking for a... Adult Friend Finder and Red Hot Pie all got naked photos of people. In the middle of doing stuff. So, like, you try and entice a, a, a person but with yep. a naked photo. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, so, a, a credit card details and secret sexual fantasies, unless their demands were met. The hackers demanded the closure of other avid life media sites. Sugar Daddy, uh, Sugar Daddy site established men, but did not target the company's Cougar Life. So, that's all right. There's an ad for that on TV as well. I see that all the time the with Cougar this life. guys like... Dreaming about his teacher and then he ends up dating her and she's like 20 years older than him and stuff like that. That's an ad on TV as well as the Ashley Madisons. Well, you'd see that, you know, the little impact team, you could just visualize this in your head. They'd be all little, little, you know, 12, people year old, 12 going, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll high five them. Get all these, I don't go down Cougar Life. We might have some action with us there sometimes. 
<laughs> no. And uh, so, um, yeah, shutting down Ashley Madison and EM, which is the establishment, will cost you, but non-compliance compliance will cost you more. So they want the sites shut down. So, yep. <laughs> Speaking, this is kind of semi-related to adult sites. A friend of mine was on, um, got a wedding coming up and was on eBay looking <coughs> for tights and miscellaneous things for the wedding. So she typed in um, skin tone tights into eBay, ebay.com.au, which, you know, as we all know, is perfectly, you know, friendly. And that's what came up. Um, now, I'll let you figure out exactly what they are. <laughs> but apparently if you type in, yeah, skin colored tights into eBay, oh you get um, wow. something. Interesting. That's very interesting. Is that Those a sock? blue ones are not skin colored, surely. <laughs> is that a sock? Unless you're an avatar. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like a banana warmer or, you know, something. It's I don't know. All right. <laughs> it's um, you keep your phone. They look like they don't need a banana warmer, those ones. <laughs> no. <laughs> look, while we're, while we're talking about hacking, you also would have heard, because this one's been around as well, that the moving cars have been hacked. Go the, it's a Jeep thing. You wouldn't understand. I bought a Jeep. <laughs> you bought a Jeep. Uh, a pair, Jeep. A, a hacked Jeep. What colour? <laughs> a pair of veteran cybersecurity researchers have shown they can use the internet to turn off a car's engine as it drives. They no, can't. a Jeep's engine. Don't get them confused with an actual a car. car. No, a Jeep. <laughs> well, I don't have a picture of a Jeep. Will has. There you go. I do. Okay. <laughs> now, okay. So, it, it, in a controlled test, they turned on the Jeep Cherokee's radio and activated other inessential features before rewriting code embedded in the entertainment system hardware to issue commands through the internal network to steering, brakes, and engine. This is the problem with the internet of things that people are not thinking about. They're just mm. like, let's put everything in everything and make it accessible from everywhere and then don't do any security checks. And apparently, too, they made the car Wii as well. It's Gross. Probably there's anything to go by. But... They made it what? <laughs> Wii? Nothing. Huh. Now, there are <laughs> hundreds of thousands of cars that are vulnerable on the road right now. Fiat Chrysler said it had issued a fix for the most serious vulnerability involved. So that's good. We've got to start plugging in our cars and updating them. So imagine that. Before you go, you know when you turn your computer on, like before the show tonight, we had, um, you go, oh, bloody updates. You know, every time you restart or whatever, oh, I've got to do, install these updates. So every time you want to go to the shop, oh, hang on, I've got updates. <laughs> well, don't forget, Windows 10 is going to do forced updates. You can't even put it off anymore. Yeah, right. But it was, So is that going to potentially take your machine and shut it down and so forth while you're doing stuff? Or is it going to update no, it's in the just background? going to force the updates down. You can't say, no, I don't want this one. No, I don't want that one. And if you're mm. a business, you can say no for up to a month, but then it's going to get installed. Because they find it difficult for programmers because you're like, okay, I want to make this application, but I don't know if half the computer is going to have X feature, which has been enabled in Windows, and half of them do, so you could do something really cool. The other half don't. And mm. then you have to say, oh... If you buy my application, I downloaded, installed it, paid you 50 bucks for it. Why is it not working? Well, because you didn't get the Windows update, which has blah, blah, blah features on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't update my Windows. Well, you know, one, your computer is now hackable because you didn't update it with all those security features. Two, you're missing out on the extra functionality that should be in there. So if all the Windows 10 are exactly the same, then you can program once mm. and it's going to work on everything. So you're in favor of forced updates? I got no problem. I update yeah. my computer all the time. Never had a problem with it. Yeah, no, I update it as soon as one comes in. Like if I go to shut it down and I see that there's an update there, yes, update. Why not? I don't have a problem with 
The only people uh, who are going to have a problem is Milo kind of people. Yeah, with <laughs> yeah, true. It's going to take you six weeks just to do your Windows update if it's like a gig it. or something, which can often happen. Mm. That sort of thing. And the other thing I have an issue with is um, hardware driver updates. Yes, you do. Let me do that. <laughs> it I don't care if it updates security vulnerabilities or programs. That's fine. But let me control my, my driver updates. The amount of times Windows has been responsible for breaking but drivers. But doesn't Windows, even now, won't auto-update the drivers? That's in the yeah, non-essential. It's not supposed thing. to. But, but it's it in does. the non-essential Windows updates. The, not if they're pushed out with a patch. Say they right. update a software, for example, and that software supports a new spectrum of drivers, then they push the driver out with it. Right. Um, and Codex are another one. They'll update your Codex, for example. We wouldn't mm. have so much uh, problem with installing updates that are quite large. If only we had like a ubiquitous NBN or something similar where everybody would have faster mm. internet. That would be a... Yeah, wouldn't you I call it like, it, um, you know, the National Broadband Network or something? No, mm. uh, sounds something futuristic. Yeah. And internet. Now, <laughs> oh, look, here's my picture for the cars. Hang on. I knew I had a picture somewhere for hacked cars. There we go. All right. It's, oh, just quickly on that too. There's a reason that if you look, if, if you do a Google search for um, Google self-driving cars, 95% of them are Prius. And the reason is everything is completely electronically controlled. There is no, you know, between what you do as a driver and the actual vehicle doing it, there's no manual connection. Everything's electronic. The accelerator, the brake, the steering, the whole lot. So that's why they're using them because they can. the computer has the ability to control them. Now, the Prius, especially the earlier ones, aren't internet connected. So it's not a problem because the only person that control it is the person sitting in the car. But then you get the new cars, the, the Mercedes and the, the um, Beamers and the Jeeps apparently. And even Mercedes last year, got their cars were being hacked. Um, because they put Wi-Fi in the car, which on the surface seems like a great idea, right up to the point until they actually get hacked and people cars get, you know... Don't use WAP in your cars. Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> WAP, really? Wow. <laughs> so, well, the, the driverless cars are coming to Adelaide as well. So, there's a first demonstration of autonomous vehicle, vehicles on a closed-off Adelaide Expressway will be held in November this year. So, if you're mm. in Adelaide, go and have a look at those. I'll close that if you're in Adelaide from my a... computer then, shall I? <laughs> If you're in Adelaide, go and film us some for the show, will you? Because we'd yeah. like to have that. So Volvo has partnered with ARRB and the SA government to send an as-yet-unspecified number of its new XC90 vehicles equipped with its autopilot system down the city's southern expressway. Under controlled conditions, the Volvos feature automatic braking, steering and parking via sensor-linked software, as well as fail-safe mode. Ooh, good. That just means it stops in the middle of the road. <laughs> you're, booting, you're booting in the safe mode like Windows, right? Yeah, you press, no press drivers, put them. <laughs> Get it? Oh, that was a good one. You've oh. got to shut the windows and reopen them. Uh, <clears throat> yes, now South Australian <laughs> has already positioned itself as nation's most popular and vo or vo most vocal proponent of driverless vehicle technology, having flagged upcoming changes to the state's road rules that have paved the way for autonomous cars on public roads. Yeah, they're basing them on the Californian. I think the only other state that's done it from memory is California. Um, so they're right. basing them on the Californian sort of concept of, of how they're going to handle that. Yeah, okay, cool. All right. Um, Speaking of NBN, yes. I've got a letter in the... I've got a thing in the... I'm actually just checking my postcode as we speak. Um, I've got a letter in the letterbox, which doesn't happen often, but this one said, you're now connected to the... N or you're now... A, 
able to be connected to the NBN. Um, so I'm actually currently just putting it in to... Um, it stops like three street, three houses away for you, doesn't well, it, Well, that's what I thought, but... Oh, no. Uh, don't tell me. You've been going all crying your no, little no, eyes it's, out. No, it's, it's never actually... Every time I've checked it, it's always said, no, it's not in your street. So I'm literally just bringing it up right now. I haven't checked this. Oh, well, there we go. go. They've just changed it. They've just updated it in the last... The guy checked this on the weekend, and, and it was still... So what does this mean? Uh, You're on the NBN. Hey, I checked no, this on the weekend. Hey, you so fast? <laughs> So, apparent, well, according to this, wow, really? Well, your HFC cable go. is just going to be NBN anyway, isn't it? Exactly. That's you don't right. get so any, the, it's going to be no change. It's just going to be called NBN. They had mm. to update the um, the exchange, but it looks like they've finally done that. Because up until recently, it was basically this big U-shape all the way around me. <laughs> so um, now we know where you live. Yeah. Uh, it's not hard to find me hello. Just send me, just ask me and I'll tell you. I don't care. Big Jim. <laughs> You can you can deal with me pregnant misses, it's not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> and the dog. Don't forget the, the dog. Please come, my address is <laughs> Save so, me. Oh yes. apparently Echo's in, I just found out Eric's in the stream. <laughs> so uh in the chat room. Um well, what's he crying so, yeah, about? So I'm going to ring up a few providers over the next week or so and find out mm. who my best option is because Telstra nice. won't be. Yeah, well, hopefully, uh, yeah, the HFC is, is coming, uh, or the NBN will be on the HFC soon. Probably end of this year, start of next year, I hear. Um, all right. Who, who, I don't see much difference, will you? Because you're, you've got upload, HFC now, and they'll just call it NBN HFC. Yeah, for the same you'll get a better upload, upload, though. Your download probably won't change much. But yeah. They're going to do a bit of uncapping, are they? Maybe my yeah. swipe won't cut out. Um, well, that's pretty much what they're going to do. They're basically going to yeah, pull... sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're basically just going to give you, yeah, unlimited. You know, they're going to open the cable up a bit more. That's pretty. I think it's just Glenn. Every now and then, he'll just yeah, just <laughs> and we think that is it. I, I do it. Just do it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, uh, Jay. So you got another story for us? I think you stole my last one. Oh, I'm sorry. Australia's biggest telco and wider telecommunications industry have lashed out Ooh. at the federal government over plans to introduce new security laws that represent further legislative burden on the sector. Late last month, the Attorney-General's Department released information on its proposed telecommunication security sector reforms. The laws aim to better protect telco infrastructure and systems from attack, while also giving the government power to intervene when a security risk is identified, which we all know is going to go really well. Mm. Telcos and internet service providers will be forced to hand over details of network changes and procurement plans or be hit with civil penalties of around $250,000 for non-compliance. The government drafted the proposal reforms during to concern about the threats posed by supplies of equipment and managed services located in foreign countries. Damn mm -hmm. foreigners. For telcos and ISPs, the cost of compliance is likely to be around $184,000 per organisation annually. Whether this is proportionate response is a question the Parliament will need to consider in consultation with the industry. The government has indicated the proposed legislation will not be used as a tool to prohibit specific equipment suppliers from operating in Australian marketplace. <coughs> oh, way. And this needs to be assured given the potential competition impacts of such a move and potential for overall network costs to be driven upward to the detriment of industry and consumers. Now, um, yes, yeah, so look, we've got a, I just want to just go through a chat room here because we've got people chatting away. Uh, if you want to join us in the chat room on the live recording of the show, it's uh, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live, uh, 7.30 Eastern time, okay, uh, on a Thursday. Or ish. Ish. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, Bredos. Bredo and underscore NT. Anyone is, if anyone is like me with a fixed wireless area and you are just outside of it, you need to ring MBN Co immediately and talk to them. They can get you added onto the system. If you are close to it, they will come and do a signal strength check. There you go. So if that's they can check out Milo. Mm. Yeah, oh, I'm speaking of Milo. When you listen to us, renew your domain name. Great. That's expiring. <laughs> <laughs> See? Um, There's help everywhere from ATH web hosting. <laughs> it comes from everywhere. <laughs> Um, I don't know if any of these numbers mean anything. I've just actually noticed if you go to mynbn.info, there's a whole more heap more detailed information that I didn't even know exists. It tells you what sort of MBN you're getting, how it's going to be, how many people are hooked up to it. Apparently, according to this, we're getting fiber. 100% rollout at fiber, apparently. Nice, nice. Well, I don't, know. I don't really particularly care what it is, as long as I can get more than two and a half up. I'm happy with 115 down. If I can yeah, squeeze exactly. twenty up, I'd be really happy. So I don't know if this, if these especially stats... when you need to upload five hundred meg shows to podcasting mm. places and YouTube and stuff. That's what's the killer. That's right. Yeah, I let it go overnight. So yeah, I'll me let, too. <laughs> I'll let people look at this if they know any more than I do. I don't know how this site works, but apparently the way I read it, premises by technology, there's seven thousand six hundred premises in in my on my exchange. Uh, and 100% of them are covered by fiber, apparently. So, uh, how do you get 7,600 people on one exchange? On this, well, this, uh, whatever it's called, this area Same. here, this well, B4DB, whatever interconnect thing is. Well, first thing Monday, we'll go to your real estate agent and re sign that lease. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, it's <laughs> ironic you mentioned that because we're like a month away from having to do that anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> now all I've got to do is get them to actually put a hot water system that lasts more than 11 seconds and we're set. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not attached to your PC, is it? Install a ring. <laughs> hey, what? <laughs> that water system's not attached to that PC of yours. It's, well, it could be the water cooling. It's one of those hot water systems that they put in like um, single story, single bedroom pensioner houses. And like by the time the water gets <laughs> you from. You can wash the dog. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. By the time the water gets from the other end of the house, across yeah. the length of the house, up the wall, halfway back across to the bathroom again, yeah. uh, it, it, there isn't really any. But doesn't it's it heat the pipe up as it goes? Or is it still not yeah, hot enough? To... The problem is it uses the length of the pipe right, is equivalent so to the amount in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. it's not like like the oh, right, I get where the, you're going. Yeah, right. The hot water system's at one end of the house downstairs and the pipe runs all the way up to the kitchen first at the other end of the house mm. and then runs three quarters way back along the length of the house again to the bathroom. Mm. So <laughs> Fifteen k's of pipe stick it to the bathroom. <laughs> so by the time you turn the hot water on, and you yeah. wait, and you wait, and you wait. Oh, it's starting to get warm. Okay, I'll start getting undressed. Somebody quoted per on. meter for and then, installation. Yep, it's a little bit warmer. Okay, cool. I'll jump in, and, and now it's cold, cold. again. <laughs> yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Don't you love it? Don't you love it? All right. Have you got the? Uh, you give us a story, uh, Will. You got anything? Yeah, I got on a few the, stories here. On the um, and we're talking about privacy before, obviously, and um, you know how, you know. Generally, you think when you think of the UK and, and they've had cameras in place for quite a while, so it's not sort of new to them, you know, how they should handle privacy and things like that. The, um, the London uh, Air, what, what the chopper, whatever they call it, um, was flying at, how far up was it? It was flying at uh, oh, se yeah. 760 mm. feet up apparently. Mm. And whilst they're taking in the central London this morning, we spotted a, a uh, celebrity, basically. So they decided to zoom in 
someone on their phone took a screen grab of the screen in the chopper and then threw it up on Twitter under the under the official account. Um, about three and a half milliseconds later, they decided that was a bad idea <laughs> and pulled it down, by which case there was 47,000 responses already oh. saying, um, you know, like... Um, must be grateful for showing in real time how data protection rules can be casually breached by the police and photo of a feed from over 760 feet, pretty scary what they can see and yeah. and all this sort of stuff. They <laughs> um, accidentally deleted their creepy validation of public fear about un- unambiguous surveillance. Um, did you seek individual consent? So, yeah, well done, guys. You know, you're on the ball with the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where was this at? <laughs> in the US? In, in, no, no, in London. But yeah, okay. it just goes to show that that chopper was 750 feet up in the air, which is, mm. you know, so, no, three quarters way. of a K. Yeah, that's a fair way. You know, up in the air. Now, um, did, did you... Oh, no, sorry, divide that by three for metres. So it's, what, 400, 300 metres up in the air. And these things can take a photo of, you know, mm. somebody at such a high resolution as perfectly recognisable. The other story uh, that was in the in the media this week about choppers was the, the <laughs> chopper reed <laughs> not not hey chopper reed yeah why is he in the media again is he now know, you're telling the story yeah so he's like i think uh this is over in the u.s where i think there were some helicopters trying to uh fly over some uh, a fire or something and put it out but they couldn't get there because there's these little drones flying around so that's caused a bit of a debate about you know well what, what are they going to do they can't have drones flying around when there's Life and death at stake. Fly through the drones and chop them up. Yeah, well, that's what I reckon. But uh, but they, obviously they can't. About, uh, well, hey. you, the problem is you can't because if you get one of those things yeah, stuck. Yeah, that's in, right. In but yeah, they talk. But then then they go on and talk about well maybe they just need like a, a button that the fire brigade or whatever can push and then it just sends out a blanket. Disables them and they all go. Yeah. And you go. Oh, look out! Fall. <laughs> that would be hard, would it? <laughs> well, that's a silly idea as well. Uh, I don't know, but they've got uh, like altitude limiters on them as well, some of them. But they yeah. reckon the, the homemade ones don't. No, but they're not allowed to fly more than X amount from the actual person who's controlling it. Mm. Eventually, um, they'll run out of range anyway. When you're talking yeah. about choppers, I thought you were talking about uh, Bronwyn Bishop. No. <laughs> all, the, all the things getting Get around now. chopper. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Bronwyn Bishop walking her dog and... Did you see that one? Where is he saying, get to the chopper? Yeah, that's funny, that one. (laughs) But did you see there was another one with, um, oh, it was like some out of a movie scene. It was, there's about 30 choppers. They're all just going crazy, like just going in this direction. And it just uh, built the the Bishop family reunion. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was on the other day. I saw that. That was really That was funny. I like like the ferry one up there, too, above that. Um,. Yeah. Oh yeah, catches the ferry to Manly <laughs> for the day. Hey, catches the ferry to Manly for the day. <laughs> well, oh, <laughs> yeah, nice. She's nice. taking the bus. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's. Um, oh, yeah. So I mean, it was been. A, um, I have to admit, this is probably one of the most fun weeks I've had on Facebook this week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. It's, it's pretty funny. It is pretty funny. You got to laugh at it. <laughs> oh, he looks a bit surprised. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Kogan, USB charger, may electrocute. Another one of these little fellas. So the products have been recalled immediately. So if you've got one, you better check your serial number. I'll tell you what it is. Well, it's in the show Seven. notes. But um, it's the 2.1 amp USB charger model number, K-A-U-S-B-X-X-A-D-P-C. Now, Actually, weren't we talking about these um, dodgy chargers the other day? Was it on... Um 
It was last week's show, wasn't it? We're talking oh, about how you actually have a legit phone, Warlock, a legit charger, Apple charger, and, yep. uh, and it still manages to catch on fire. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, not that not that Glenn people. obviously listens to his own show, but you know, no, no I haven't. Not when the, the number <laughs> I two, a bit of it. top two podcasters of Australia are on. Yeah, you, I know. That, I know you're pretty jealous. You sort of don't want to. characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, got, I, I was too overwhelmed. <laughs> I, could, I only got halfway through. I was too just, exciting. Too, I, I can't do it in one day, in one sitting. <laughs> I got. I got to. I got to break it up. You guys are so good. <laughs> the um the affected units were sold between fifth of November last year to twenty sixth of June this year. So if you've got one of those, check it out and send it back for goodness sake. Otherwise you'll you'll um burn your afro. Or just keep using it and have the one in like a hundred thousand chance that they call high risk of it actually being a problem. Yeah, you could do you that. You've got insurance, so new everything in the house, right? New house, yeah, exactly. new TV, new fridge. Just don't you know, don't lick it. Mm. That's right. Or <laughs> do, I mean, you know. <laughs> don't lick it. <laughs> Apple's the one with the lickable interface. <laughs> now I've got. Actually, it's, I always thought it was, um, you know, not living in Queensland. Sort of wearing gloves is something you don't think about. And uh, went down to the snow a couple of weeks ago. Went snow chasing because we could, and I had gloves on. And my phone rang. I'm like, oh, I just answer my. I just answer. How do I? Uh, so I got my nose, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out that it didn't work because when your nose is cold, there's no moisture and it doesn't trigger. So I had to use my tongue. I actually right. had to use my tongue on my phone to answer it. Well, there, there was something else you could have got out, Will. But that was too cold for me. No way I could have even come close to <laughs> I couldn't find my hands, let alone anything else. Your nipples. Well, actually, there's a thought. That would have worked. <laughs> I could have just sat in the driver's seat. And... <laughs> you, set, you set your phone to one of those answer as soon as you pick it up and put it near your head. It detects it with a proximity sensor. Yeah, the problem is it also detects it when you put your hand near it. So if you can't hang the phone up, you actually answer it. <laughs> no, I didn't want it. Oh, now I've got to talk to my mother-in-law. Damn it. That's it. Damn it. I picked it up. I hate when you put your hand in your pocket and you, you don't really want to answer it because you're busy doing something, but you put your hand in your pocket to put it on silent and yeah, you accidentally you answer, it, answer it. it. You go, oh! <laughs> oh, hang on. Did I, put, did I put it on silent or did I answer it? I better just take it. Oh, I answer. Hi. Yeah. Hi. How are you? Now, look, just as a bit of interest, this is very quick. Uh, the six best-selling PC brands of last quarter, just just for interest's sake only. Five, number five, Asus was a tie. Asus and Acer. Number, Asus. Number four, yeah, or Asus. Number four, Apple. Number three, Dell. Number two, HP. Number one, Lenovo. I love the Lenovo laptops. I got one. They're beautiful. All yeah, right. Still decent quality. Hey, speaking of going places, where did you go the other night? Nobody, uh, nobody knew about until it mysteriously appeared. Yeah, well, I only found out yesterday morning, and uh, and they, I got this email saying, "Oh, you're invited," and I went, "Okay, cool." But I went to a the Cynics Roadshow, which is like an industry mm. event, and uh, I thought I sort of ummed and art about going because it was in Brizzy, and um, it was about an hour away on the train or whatever, so ummed and art. But I did go, and uh, yeah, just. Uh, you know, there wasn't that much new sort of stuff going on there. You know, you have a look at a few motherboards and you go, oh, yeah, that's nice and uh, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, it was, it, was, um, it was quite interesting. I got a few cards and, uh, yeah, so I might, I might give a few, couple of people a ring and see, uh, <clears throat> see if we can get some videos of some of their products. And they kept it awfully quiet, did she? They have the last couple, Will. Because mm, uh, I, 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 I didn't even get the email, is she? No, well, I think what's happened is you have to be an account. You have to have an account. And I know I'd missed out, 
because I didn't have an account the last couple of years, but I have got one again now. I um, had an account, but it's probably because I haven't ordered anything for 12 months. They probably shut it. Mm, yeah. But uh, unfortunately uh, for them, that you can buy just a cheap for, from Umart, but not that they care because they sell mm. the Umart. But anyway, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, um, moving moving off that, uh, Jason, do you have any more? Any anything else? Yeah, interesting one. Apple has been granted a patent for an e-commerce system that would track the status of a smartphone user's credit card balance to target advertising based on what you can realistically afford. In its application granted last week, Apple said the tie-in with the user's credit card balance would be much more targeted and relevant than traditional mobile advertising. Apple's proposed mobile advertising system and opt-in service would only deliver ads for products that have a purchase price less or equal to the available credit for that user. This would be appropriate when presenting, for example, items offered by an online shop which can be ordered immediately. The items that the person can currently afford, that is, they have available current credit in an amount greater than the purchase of each item, may be marked with a marker, while those the user cannot afford would not be so marked. An example of a pizza company advertising its product through a proposed platform. An advertisement provided by an advertiser may be, we offer pizza A for $4, pizza B for $6, pizza C for $8, click on the pizza to order now. In accordance with mm. the invention, the advertisement being delivered to the users would be different depending on the available credit for each user. Price hike. Thus, when, when the advertisement is delivered to users having at least $6 but less than $8 available credit, the advertisement would be followed. We offer pizza A and B. Well, for A for $4 and B for $6, click the pizza order now. Pizza C would not be included because they don't have any money for it. When the user clicks on the advertisement, a premium SMS is sent and a pizza store with a delivery service is informed about the address of the user and about the order. Apple said the seller would be paid by, via the system with money from the user's linked account. Other options were to have the system linked with PayPal type service or to set up monthly debit. Oh, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. I think that's a terrible idea. I don't like that idea. Do you like that idea? I think it's incredibly dangerous, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it would be interesting that they instead uh, they would see that you've got eight dollars in there, so you don't ever notice, you ever don't ever get notified about the cheaper ones. You just go, well, we'll just sell, sell you the expensive ones and won't mm, even tell you right, we got yeah. cheaper ones. So but you'll a, yeah. buy premium stuff from us all the time. But so what's interesting because I actually have a debt, a spe- like my Google account is separate from my normal account, for example. So if it was in Google, it would only see I don't know ten bucks or whatever I leave in that account for. App purchases yeah, see, and stuff. This guy's poor. Yeah, but yeah. what about what about you walking into the shop or whatever, and this data somehow is is scraped and you know put and got in the evil hands or whatever, and then you go, oh, this guy, yeah, you put a put a transaction through or a ping the credit card and go, okay, wonder if he can afford this twenty thousand dollar ring or something, and he comes back and says, you beauty, and then you go, oh, where does he live? He must be earning something. Okay, we'll go and knock him off. You know, well, could be- well, what do you? It reminds you of the. Um, Travel websites where they would detect if you're connected to the website using a MacBook Pro and only show you the more expensive oh. hotels and oh, nice. plane trips because they're like, oh, this is a premium person. They paid a lot of money for their computer, so yeah, nice. therefore we won't show them any of the cheaper ones and they won't even know they're available to purchase, so they'll just buy the more expensive ones. Oh, look out, Eric. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Don't book on uh. your MacBook Pro. 
Oh, yep. nasty, nasty. Now, Reboot into Windows just for that or run a VM. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of VMs, I was look, as I was looking for stories for this week's show, I come across this story. I didn't include it because I thought it's got really nothing to do with us, so you know, bugger it. But it was about the BBC iPlayer, how it's watched by more than 60 million uh, people outside the UK for free. So as you know, in the UK, they pay for their licence, like if, how many TVs, a TV licence, which pays for the BBC. So iView in England is... Is free but if you're outside England you're not paying the license so they want to charge you fair enough so now so now I'm thinking okay that now it's BBC's turn to get upset about all this VPN business you know they're getting on the on the on the bandwagon as well so this was this is from the BBC website so then so I go yeah nah I can't be bothered with that story you know blah 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 and so I kept looking through the BBC website because sometimes they have good stories so I kept looking through the through the website and come across this one from the BBC how to set up your own VPN <laughs> and then, and then it had a list of how to do it, and I thought, crazy, 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 crazy. I don't understand. But like, isn't that just ridiculous? One minute they got one uh, one hand crying about it, the other hand selling people how to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, as opposed to um, Netflix, it just has it on their website anyway. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah, on their on their forums or whatever it is you can. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. Well, that was that's also that Netflix tax. That looks like um as we were talking about the you know the overseas purchases for 100,000 going to attract the well maybe going to attract the GST. Apparently there's also the uh, the other rule which is the Netflix tax so-called Netflix tax rule which is it doesn't matter you know, it's obviously under 100 1000 bucks but it's going to be a tax on online streaming services. But anyway. Um okay, what else will? Have you got any got any Android yeah, I got stories? a few quick ones. Um just quickly YouTube, um, the app for your phone now. Android. Um, traditionally, well, yeah, traditionally when you were watching a portrait video, which on its own, it's grounds for being shot. But um, if you're watching a portrait video, you had, you know, it would give you the ugly black bars down both sides. And yeah. YouTube's, for a while, had a uh, uh, an animation on the screen to tell you to turn your phone to watch the full screen. And they're like, no, nah, screw it. So now, when you watch a portrait video on the app, it just forces it to full screen portrait. So you force it to turn your phone. <laughs> All right, that's nice. Um, nice. So yeah, solves that problem. Mm. Um, quickly to the <laughs> this is just I had to have this story because I just couldn't believe it. People around around the world have been emailing trees in Melbourne. Oh. Um, have you ever been captivated by a tree glistening in the sun that you've felt in awe? If you answered yes to this question, you've probably been struggling to come to terms with your pe- peculiar hankering for horticulture. Hmm. But no longer do you need to keep your feelings bottled up as there's a way to let the tree know how much you care. Well, in Melbourne. Nice. As part of the urban, urban forestry strategy implemented to combat the steady decline of trees following a drought, the city assigned all of Melbourne's 77,000 trees individual emails. The idea was residents could use these emails to report trees that had been vandalised or in severe state of decline. Only people decided to make another use for the email and began writing love letters for their favourite trees. The chair of Melbourne's environment portfolio, Aaron Wood, said the response was unexpected but welcome. It's unbelievable. We've now received over 3,000 emails from all around the world. There have been people from Russia, Germany, Hungary, Singapore, Britain, Hong Kong, all confessing their loves for the trees of Melbourne. Mm, Um, That's nice. In order to spread the love, Mr Woods has shared some of the love letters. Mr Woods. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, it only took three readings of that before you figured it out. 
<laughs> so, but look, what I'm going to bring in, I've, I've taken that on board, that story. Now, why not sign up to athwebhosting.com.au and buy a domain for a tree? Hey? <laughs> Do that. that and well, then personalise the email. Yes. Nice. I'll leave it with so you. And it's I'll environmentally quick... friendly, right, Glenn? Yes. I'll give you a quick, uh, a couple of these emails that have quickly been Mr. done. Woods. There's a Golden Elm, tree ID 1028612. So basically what you do is you can email it to tree, in this case, 1037148 at Melbourne City Council or something, and it sends it to that particular address. Um, but there's things like, um, uh, where are we? Let's see. Are you and your fellow English Elms enjoying the Ashes series as much as we are in England, or are you giving the native Aussie trees some sick over the team's performance? <laughs> <laughs> so that was to an English Elm in the garden somewhere. So, yeah, it's an uh, interesting concept, to say the least. Although, I mean, you know, whatever brings, brings in publicity, I suppose. Yeah, well, mate, that's right. Uh, Jase, have you got any more loveliness, <laughs> tree-hugging stories yeah. or others? Well, I've got another Apple one, and I'll keep Eric happy anyway. Apple has released a public beta of its later operate, latest operating system for the Mac, El Capitan. While Apple is touting speed improvements and new search features, it's a feature under the hood that has caught the eye of developers and system administrators. Security Integrity Protection is a new feature of OS X that aims to protect users from malicious code infecting the operating system. In recent years, Apple has moved to tighten security on the Mac, implementing some of the features proven to be successful on iOS. Back in 2012, Apple began enforcing sandboxing on all Mac App Store applications. Sandboxing refers to the boundary placed around an app and its executable code. Sandboxed applications run in their own little environment, protected from other applications, accessing only parts of the system Apple has allowed. On iOS, all apps are sandboxed and always have been. On the Mac, only App Store applications are sandboxed, but the vast majority of Mac applications do not come from the Apple Mac Store. Mm. Applications such as Microsoft Office and Adobe's oh. Creative Cloud sit outside Apple's sandbox environment. Security integrity protection is a way of tightening the security around these applications. Software developers are now blocked from editing or writing to certain protected files and folders within OS X or from executing code that tinkers with the system. Mark Edwards of Bajango Software is one such developer. We had to make some changes to get iStat menus working again, he admits. iStat menus is a popular system monitoring app for the Mac and until now has relied on accessing system files. Bajango is already a working beta of iStat menus that plays nice under Apple's new rules, but not all developers will be able to work under El Capitan's restrictions. Mm. Still, Edwards understands the reason behind SIP. System integrity protection is a great idea and it should help make our Macs a bit safer from malicious code, but at the same time it's also another step towards not being able to control what runs on your computer. Heightened security always comes at a cost. I'm worried about OS X becoming more like iOS, only one source to install stuff, everything really tightly sandboxed. Yeah, okay. Well, well, that's probably pretty good uh, if they can if they can get it to work like that. That's probably good. But, um, they can make it really secure by not installing Adobe Flash or Java. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, they reckon that Flash is really now on its way out. I think it's it's starting. It gets vulnerability after vulnerability, doesn't it? And One of my friends is a CEO of a company over in San Francisco, and he was in the Wall Street Journal this week because he used to work at Adobe on mobile flash and he's like we need to get this thing locked down running really fast and smooth without all the bloat and running on ios because ios these iphones that have just come out they're going to take the world by storm 
And mm. Adobe's like, no, 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 we're not going to worry about this stupid iOS thing. We're not going to support it. We're bigger Bam. than that. Mm, bang. And uh, Steve on. Jobs said, uh, guess what, fellas? I don't like Flash. He said, screw you, hippies. <laughs> screw you, it's Flash. Yeah, man. <laughs> All yeah, right. but I mean, most like Chrome hasn't well, it does support it, but you got to enable it by default. It hasn't supported it for ages. But how's yeah. the? Uh, you would have noticed the Firefox browser has been blocking Flash. Yeah, they've started doing it too. Yes. They all have now. In that Explorer, and it won't run on uh, Microsoft Edge until they program some extra plugin functionality. But um, it's they won't. I don't think they'll allow Flash. It's dead. Now, uh, when is Windows Ten coming out? It's the twenty ninth. Is that right? Yep. So that'll be. Oh, just a day after, the day before our next show. All right, well, let's see if we can install a, uh, the, uh, whatever you call it, the retail version of, or the downloaded, upgrade official version by then and see how it all runs. So not long to wait now. I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, look, I've got a last little story from me. It is a uh, story about the Commodore computer. Now, we all know what a Commodore computer is, don't we? But the Commodore has returned. This isn't the story we did last week, is it? Oh, probably. <laughs> is it probably. the phone? <laughs> is it the phone? Okay. It's, re- <laughs> it's returned twice. <laughs> I'll just show you a picture then. There you I go. Think, um, today, this week is actually anniversary of uh, Commodore from when it was launched like 35 years ago or something. Right, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm, I, if I had the money, I'd definitely buy it. The specs are really good. Um, you know, it's a, if nothing else, and you're after a high-end... Um, relatively cheap phone. It's definitely the way to go. Yeah, it looks all right, doesn't it? But uh, well, we won't carry on with that again. If you guys, <laughs> apologise, I haven't listened to that show in full. I have started, but, uh, but not it's in pretty full. obvious now, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Two mistakes, given that it was like the second story. Well, this is why I'm not the best podcaster in the world. Okay, this is why I can't. Uh, uh, no, it happens to the best of us. Don't worry. I can only aspire to that that level of the height of that, that podcasting fame. <laughs> all right. Now, have you got any final words, Will? Final stories? Anything? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of quick ones. Um, just something that people may, uh, I mean, obviously it's up to you if you want to use one, but if you are looking for a keyboard, a full-size keyboard for your iPhone or Android or tablet or whatever, uh, these Zag keyboards, they're Bluetooth, um, incredibly responsive, designed to hold smaller phones, the cradle set up right, holds at the right angle, that sort of stuff. We've now got a couple of these at work. Um, the you know, a decent size. When when they're folded, they're only five and a half centimeters wide and one and a half thick. But they're basically an eighty-five percent full-size keyboard once they're actually um, out and open and ready to go. Um, they're really good. Um, you know, haven't had any pairing problems or anything like that. They're a hundred bucks. They they're expensive, but we've used them on. Uh, we got for our point of sale software at work. They that only runs on iPads. Mm. Um, or web browsers and ironically it runs in the web browsers better than the iPad app go figure but um, so we've got you know we've got about four of them now and yeah they're fine you get, we get probably a good solid two weeks out of the batteries before we've got to charge them and all that sort of stuff so um, so yeah I mean if you're after one that's there are a few others that are around but we found the cheaper ones they wouldn't always pair or they'd drop mm. out halfway through or there'd be key lag or something but yeah this this seems to work for us yeah, that's all right. Um, not, you know, not paid or anything like that. Just something that I've found useful. Um, also, just quickly too, emoji. Yes. So, yeah. So this week is the, I can't remember what it is, anniversary of emoji. Um, 
can't remember the exact date. I, that's actually not in this story because I'm not. That story wasn't about that. It was its birthday or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, Fifteen years or twenty years or something. Was it that long? I thought it was only about ten. Um, let's have well, a, it's been a while. No, no, it'd be long more than that, it? wouldn't it? Emoji. I, I have to look it up now. Birthday. Yeah, let's have a look. But uh, they're basically um, making a movie now, apparently. Jeez. Oh, they're making an emoji movie, which will be interesting. So, obviously, they've done, you know, I mean, they can pull it off. They pulled off a Lego movie. Uh, they've got the minions. So, all they need, sort of need to do is combine the minions and Lego with some Smurfs, and they should be good. The first emoji was created in 1998 or 1999 by Shigetaka Kurita, who was part of the team working on NTT Docomo's iMode mobile internet platform. 15 years, yeah. So, yeah, so there you go, 15 years. So, um, the ensemble, uh, the, so basically, the, the, you know, it could be picked up by probably Warner Brothers or Paramount. Um, there is a planned project in the works about about things like that. It could actually be quite intense. Um, there's 93, um, 93 actual icons that, that we, we know. There's um, 15 families of groups of four and 10 pairs. Yeah. Uh, and seven cats, apparently. But there's just um, more. Every time I turn my phone on, there's, there's more. I can't keep up with them all. And well, it- <laughs> there's, there's official emojis, then there's the the other ones as well right but um yeah so apparently they're um what's gonna say beyonce and jay-z's drunk in love uses emojis quite heavily in their film clips apparently it's they're slowly feeding it to us in in large quantities to see what we see what we think of it um i mean it's not completely out of the question i'll show you this picture that they've uh where is it hang on let me find this see if i can shop swap screens it's not a real good picture but there's um, masks available now. <laughs> oh, no. Um, these were seen... The girl at... with the beer looks surprised. <laughs> <laughs> there was, these were seen at the Hong Kong Sevens um, rugby match on March 28th. So, um, Look, that would yeah, be so funny. They're, they're prepping us. That would be funny, a whole crowd at a footy ground with emoji faces, <laughs> wouldn't it? That would be hilarious. Especially if they're like the, the animated ones. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, look, I know that... with a little LED screen. I know the chief, the NRL, listens to this show every week, religiously. Why yeah. don't you have a week... You know how you get the superhero weekend at the games? Have an emoji weekend. That'd be funny. That'd be great. I reckon you should do that. And all the little smile. Or you all the Japanese the, would turn up. All the... Half the crowd on the, the tri-score inside, little happy faces. <laughs> and the other half, little sad faces. <laughs> you be... flip it over depending on how your team's doing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That'd be quite funny. That'd be quite good. Yeah, that's good, Will. Very funny. Um, yeah, it's just a quick little... Uh, quick little thing. Yeah. Have you got any more? Um, I do, well, but what, how are we going, was, how are we going um, for time? Oh, Talking well, about before, it was the Amiga's 30th birthday coming up this weekend. Right. Oh, okay. So an event celebrating Amiga's 30th birthday is gearing up to show off rare prototype versions of Commodore's iconic computer over the weekend. Hosted at Silicon Valley's Computer History Museum, the Amiga is 30 exhibition will feature the Ranger Commodore West follow-on to the A1000 alongside Amiga Lorraine prototype wire-wrapped boards. Commodore released three generations of Amiga systems, including the popular Amiga 500 in 1987 before the company's demise in 1994. The A1000, which was launched in 1985, was hailed for its multitasking capabilities and became popular with anyone from gamers to graphic artists, animators, musicians and writers. 
taking place on July 25 and 26. The Amiga is 30 exhibition, which is open to the public, is set to take Amiga fans on a trip down memory lane, featuring collections of Commodore, Apple and Atari products in a game zone. It will also play host to speakers from Amiga's gamut of history. I had an Atari ST. Did you? What yeah. did you think of that? They're pretty cool, right? Yeah, I didn't mind it. Yeah, I thought it was quite good. I had a, I bought a 1200 board modem for it. I was, yeah. I was, I was into those bulletin boards like no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never actually knew good. anyone with Atari. Everyone I knew had Amigas. Yeah, look, yeah, a lot of people did have Amigas. I knew people with Amstrads. I uh, nearly got a Amstrad, but I only knew one kid at school with an Amstrad, and I knew half a dozen people with. Commodore 64, so I could get a lot of games and stuff. That was exactly my uh, my purchasing uh, processing <laughs> when when I was buying them back then. Yeah, I thought, well, I know all these people with the Atari ST. I got a, a software available everywhere, so yep. that's where I'm going. Um, yeah. yeah, and the so lucky pe- Bill Gates didn't turn up. You heard what happened when he went to a computer <laughs> meeting. Oh, didn't they hate everyone him? was copying DOS, and he got really pissed <laughs> off with them. Oh well, bad luck, bad luck for him. Yeah, because it was so hard to copy that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, you didn't have to just copy it. Well, there was other versions. There was DR-DOS and PC-DOS. Like, you didn't really have to copy MS-DOS. Like, you could get DOS Dr. if you DOS. wanted. Dr. DOS. Dr. DOS. You know, it was never called Dr. DOS. No. It was always DR-DOS. Yeah, Dr. DOS yeah. sounds... It's like Dr... Um, Who? Yeah. Oh, what was that other one? Was it... No, no, what was the Nintendo one? Dr. Mario? Not Mario. Dr. No, Doom. The one that had the Mr. Doom. robot... Blue robot dude that used to. Used oh, to. I wouldn't. <laughs> Not the Nintendo. Uh, don't know. Can't think. Don't of. Know. You had a target product because obviously for the Nintendo you, back in the day you had the laser gun for duck duck hunt. Um, but you had this little robot dude that Dr. you could Mario? use for target practice. Right. And right. Uh, I don't know. Will. He, he was really advanced actually at the time. He could actually sit beside the TV. You could put a put the second player remote. Whoops! There goes the mic stand. Put the second player remote in his little claws, and yeah. when you're playing a game that required two players, so for example, for them to open the doors or something, when you got to that point, he would actually physically press that button on the remote and trigger the remote so that door opened so you could get through. It wasn't Rob, was it? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> I should look up. Robotic operating it. buddy from the NES. Yeah. Hey. Was it Rob? Robotic operating buddy from NES, yeah. R-O-B. He Rob. was awesome. Yeah, he looked all right. He looks like um, uh, number five, doesn't and he? Yeah. They had little... Or Wally. Uh, <laughs> had this little target practice <laughs> things as well that he would spit out and you'd shoot him with the laser gun and they'd go dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. For the, I mean, you've got to think, that's in, what, mid-80s? That's, that's like cool. pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, let's start wrapping up. Did you have any more, Jace? Jace, did I log off? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Tell me some more. What? What? Well done. Yeah, are we done? Can't you hear me? Yep. Have I dropped off? You did for a you minute, did. but it's okay. We just, we just improvised. Oh, okay. Sorry. I we was just saying. You went, it was cool. hilarious. You'll have to listen to the show so you know what we said. <laughs> I, was, I was just saying, if you've got any more, now's, now's the time to tell us. Oh, one thing I will mention. Yeah. Like, I've just got the um, rollout um, lollipop update on my note. And the one thing that drives me nuts is, for some bizarre reason, they've changed the GPS button to location button. Right. It's so annoying because it didn't click initially. It was um, when I was turning my GPS on for my phone, like when I'm driving and stuff. 
It said GPS not enabled. I'm like, oh, you're going to settings, going to GPS settings. Where's the thing for GP? What? And then it actually, I mean, it took me a few seconds to figure it. Hang on. Location. They turn that on and it goes, oh, GPS found. It's like, well, yeah, but location mm, isn't yeah. GPS. They're two different things. Why are you calling them that name? Android. So that kind of bugs me, but rant Just over. Android. Yeah, Android. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Edge. YouTube. Yeah, sure. <laughs> YouTube.com forward slash Aussie Tech Edge. That's right. And the Aussie Tech Radio. All these show, all this show, the whole hour of it and Absolutely more. Absolutely loft. Oh, fart geeks. And uh, yes, there, there should be another episode of that old fart. You tell me next time you're doing it, and I'll see. If, oh, look, maybe after I move, I'm in a bit of a situation. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you about Did your it. fart lead you to a sticky, sticky situation. <laughs> we might be in a bit of a situation where I might not be able to do the show for a couple of weeks. But, That's uh, okay. The world best podcasters have got you covered. Yes. Well, that's okay. No one will miss you. But hang on. <laughs> no, hang on, because Jeremy from Velvet Systems might have put me on the right track. I, I, he gave me something last night, and uh, I might be able to uh, use that. It was it's a little illegal. 4G, 4G uh, <laughs> dongle thing. So, yeah. With you a, you know had, how much data that uses, right? Yeah, but it had like, uh, I think it was unlimited for 90 days. I'm in. Hmm. I'm in. I will be, I'll be on. <laughs> Actually, there's something I should mention too. I noticed Vodafone has been spruiking uh, on their prepaid. You get unlimited data on the weekends. Um, right. So if you're in a Vodafone coverage area uh, and you, you know, they might be worth looking into. Unfortunately, Milo is not. He's in a Vodafone black spot. I've already <laughs> he's been in a, this through him. But, he's in everything um, black spot. You've got unlimited, unlimited data. Um, on weekends with, with the prepaid, so yeah, it might be something to look into. Yeah, okay, I know my Optus has got um, rollover data now for prepaid. Hmm. Hmm. It's interesting. Mm. That's, well, most, a lot of papers are, uh, right? One <laughs> week, one week. <laughs> <laughs> one week, I've lost it. See? Get it right. Again, I, I can only aspire. <laughs> now, look, let's get out of here. Aspire. Acer Aspire. This jumper I got on it is going, oh, I ain't getting pretty hot in here. I have to open a window. Oh, uh, this, this uh, water cooling's great. It's just like a heater sitting beside me. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, com. Don't forget that. It's uh, 24-7, wall-to-wall. Uh, yeah, Aussie tech shows and a couple of New Zealand shows running for the good mix. Uh, tech webcast, the old fart geeks, the Obsidian Loft, and a few others. Two guys talking tech uh, and Geeksphere TV, everything. It's, there's whole holding there. If you've got a podcast and you want to put it in the radio lineup you know what to do give me an email glenn at aussietechheads.com.au you can talk to uh will jace eric or shane do you remember shane yeah i think so yeah so shane is still there hello <laughs> you can uh He's in the chat room <laughs> you can email us at uh, whoever we are at uh, aussietechheads.com.au so i think that's that's all we've got for this week so uh thanks for coming in will thanks no for worries, showing us the interior of your tardis there behind you uh, well, I can show you, I can show you the interior of my real life TARDIS too, if you want. There you go. <laughs> oh, all those drapes. <laughs> There's me. Hi, me. <laughs> Where's me? Oh, the, 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 oh yeah. yeah, a little bit there. there You're very pale. I'm on a different Get camera. Out the sun there, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> you got no head. Oh no. <laughs> and uh, Jace, goth. Thanks for coming in, Jace. It's uh, been a pleasure yet again. Thanks for watching, Bullseye. And th- yes, thanks for everyone in and the Bruno. lounge. You guys been nuts in the chat room, guys. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I think Eric stirred him up a bit. Eric came, <laughs> Eric came in good at that. through the I show. That's what Eric's the best at. <laughs> <laughs> He's our little, uh, oh, look at who's that doing with all the, 
things. Bullseye. Bullseye. He's going Bullseye. crazy. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. All right, if you want to catch us live, you can Thursday night, 7.30pm, aussietechers.com.au forward slash live. Uh, be there or be square. Until next week, it's bye for now. Take care. Bye. Cheers. See you guys.